Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, puck on. On 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Pat, and you're very welcome back to uh, Tip Today. Now, quite a reaction uh, to Jackie Cahill's uh, chat with me there. We spoke about several different things, but what's emerging um, for most of our correspondence is about Bertie Hearn. Um, Joe was in Newtown. He says, bringing back Bertie Hearn is the last sting of a dying wasp, uh, says uh, Joe. Um, Terry was on to us to say great to hear Jackie speaking about a united Ireland is there a new impetus from uh, Fianna Fáil about that now well well, Martin was always kind of watery enough about it I suppose uh, to some degree Um, and people wondering about um, Bertie Hearn and the presidency you know that's an interesting one I, I can't see that happening I genuinely can because I mean in a debate situation what do you think they're going to uh, put to him, first of all? Only the results of the Mahan Tribunal and all of the the argy-bargy around that. Um, I mean, I, I, I just can't say. But then again, maybe stranger things have happened. 83 Robert Williams is a professional mind reader and he's also big in to dream analysis and he uses his intuition combined with his uh, uh, skills to tap into thoughts and all of that kind of thing and I'm delighted to speak to him now. Robert, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Fran. Very nice to speak with you again. Um, I hope you're doing well. I'm, do- I'm doing very well indeed, Robert, and good to talk to you today. First of all, can we speak about uh, uh, dreams? Wh- what is the purpose, as you see it, of, of us mm. dreaming, Robert? Yeah, well, you're right. In many ways, dreams get a bad rap because... I suppose you have two people in separate, distinct camps, and the first camp is people who think it's just all rubbish, and then you have the other camp who maybe just buy into it a little bit too much. But essentially, from if you think about the dream process, that gets to the truth of the matter. So, right now we're operating on the conscious mind, which is helping us make decisions and keep us in line. But when we go to sleep at night, this conscious mind switches off, and the subconscious takes over. Now, the subconscious is always on. It records everything that we do throughout the day, all sights and sounds and all the rest of it. So essentially, when we sleep, the subconscious is trying to make sense of the day, and then it, we get created the images and the, the storylines and all that goes with the dream process. And I've always believed that a dream essentially is the subconscious trying to alert us to stuff that we're most likely not dealing with in our waking life. That's really the essence of a dream. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there's, there's other parts of the dream that are still a little bit unexplained, particularly the precognitive dream, whereas the dream where you dream of an event or a person. And that exactly event or a person that you dreamt of actually comes to pass. Now, again, that's still unexplained. Nobody can understand that. Is that intuition of some kind? Um, I suppose in a wider context, it could be a form of intuition, but it's it's even deeper than that in the sense that, and I used to have a clinic in Kildare, I used to speak to people who would tell me in advance of the dream that they had, and this would actually come to pass. So it is one of the, the, I sense it's the last part of the dream process that we still don't actually understand. Now, it doesn't happen all that often, but when it does, it's, it's quite shocking and unexplainable. It really is. Why are dreams abstract, Robert? You know, why why aren't they plain speaking? Yeah, well, and it's Sigmund Freud, actually, who was one of the, I suppose, the gurus around with dreams, that said that the more bizarre the dream, the more it's based in reality. And it goes back to what I said at the beginning. If you consider the subconscious mind, which is part of us, it's not a separate entity, it's part of us, it's always on, it just never switches off. 
And even what we're doing right now is talking over a telephone line and perhaps you're gazing at a microphone or I'm mm. gazing at a computer screen. Yeah. All of that stuff has been taken in by the subconscious at the subconscious level. And that in itself is quite obscure because it doesn't really make a lot of sense. We're, we're looking at something, but we're still talking. So when we dream at night, this stuff is trying to be made sense of by the subconscious. And that's why you get sometimes you wake up in the morning and you say, I had the most bizarre dream and really it doesn't mean anything because I can't understand what it could actually be saying. And that, of course, is where dream analysis comes in. Yeah, I spoke to the psychologist uh, Tony Humphrey, Dr. Tony Humphreys, uh, recently. I mean, he's of the opinion that uh, dreams are what it's all about and dreams should guide us and do guide us. Um, yeah. Would you go along with all of that? To a greater or lesser extent, I would. Although, as I said at the beginning, it's unfortunate because the whole dream process has been sabotaged by certain groups or certain people who, like I said, you've, you've got both camps. Some people who just completely say it's absolute rubbish, you've got to get on with it. It doesn't mean anything. But the other camp is equally as dangerous because they try to make out that it's completely mystical and we need to live our lives by them. Mm. My sense of it always has been is the subconscious trying to tell us, as I said, what we need to address in our waking life. And really, all dreams, including nightmares, by the way, are empowering. Because if you have a nightmare, and it's a continual nightmare, you can be absolutely certain that there's a, period, a part of your life that you're not actually dealing with properly. And this is your subconscious telling you when you're in a relaxed state, you better deal with this stuff. And remember, when we dream at night, or even sleep, Fran, it's, the body is repairing itself. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's why sleeping is so, so important, because we've got to repair certain cells in our body. And when we sleep, that's exactly what's happening. And if you even want to go further into this and think about the dream process and how over the years the, the whole dream concept has been somewhat lost in, in what I feel is unfortunate situations. But if you think about even common phrases we would use, people might say, oh, I've got a problem, but I'm going to sleep on it. Yeah, that, that in itself kind of belies what I'm just saying, that when you sleep, you seem to find the answers. Isn't that very interesting indeed? What about people who might say to you, I don't dream at all, like, I, I never remember dreams and, you know? Well, we do all dream, apart from those unfortunately who have any form of a neurological condition. So mm. we do all dream, there's no question of that. Um, but there's a small percentage of people who don't, but in the main we do. And I've always said to people who, and it's a very common thing, people often say, Fran, you know, I, I think I dreamt, but I don't actually remember what I dreamt. So I think the simple remedy to that is just have a little pen and paper right beside your bedside at night time. And when you wake up and it's really, I mean this in a literal sense, literally when you wake up, you've got to get the pen and paper and write down any of the imagery or any of the, the, the storyline that you had from the dream. Put it down because if you start doing it after you get up or you pull the curtains, you'll lose it. And all of this stuff will just be imagination then. So we do all dream. There's no question of that. Unless we have an underlying neurological condition that prevents it. 98% of us all dream. Yeah, I, I thought I didn't dream all that much, but again, I was told lately that if you ask yourself or if you question yourself before you go to sleep yeah. and say, I will remember my dreams, in fact, that, that works. At least it worked for me anyway. It's a terrific point, Fran, and it touches on something that, again, I used to tell people so many times. It sounds so simplistic, and it also sounds a bit ridiculous, but it does work. Mm. And all you're doing is you're commanding your subconscious, and sometimes people misunderstand the subconscious. It is part of us. It's, all it is is part of our mind. And as you correctly said, if you're having problems trying to remember your dreams, before you go to sleep at night, just before you drop off, it's a bit difficult to get it at the beginning, but just before you drop off in the hypnagogic state, you tell your subconscious, I'm going to dream tonight, I'm going to remember my dream. Now, it also works the other way as well. If somebody's having a recurring nightmare, and there's, there's a distinct difference between nightmares and night terrors. Night terrors are almost uncontrollable, but a nightmare... You can actually stop them as well by doing the exact same process you said. Just before you go to sleep at night, you tell your subconscious, I'm not going to dream this dream anymore. And over a short period of time, that dream will cease. 
That's very interesting. I'm delighted to hear that because I have a blooming recurring dream about snakes. I hate the things. And mm. whenever I'm tired or anxious or under pressure, well, they, they, that comes up all the time. So can you change that then? Can you? You can. You, and it's very interesting insofar as... Isn't it an amazing trigger that when you have a bit of stress in your life or you're feeling anxious or maybe you're trying to work to a deadline or maybe you have a new program coming, whatever it happens to be that's causing you stress, you can be almost certain that just as you go to sleep at night, you'll dream of snakes. Always, now, yeah. You see, what that is really, Fran, it goes back to what I said at the beginning. It's just sub- it's very empowering, even though it's a little bit distressful dis- and it's not quite pleasant, but it's your subconscious. It's your part of your mind telling you, deal with the stuff in the wake in life. Don't let it get on top of you. And obviously, this is the whole way it's been transmitted in the dream process. So anytime you dream of snakes, for example, you can be sure that you're under some form of stress. There is a way to prevent it. It's what we said already. You've got to tell your subconscious. And then that goes into another part of the dream process, which can be called lucid dreaming. Now, lucid dreaming essentially is training yourself to be, this sounds a real paradox, but to be asleep, sorry, to be awake while you're asleep. So you're actually directing the dream. Um, slightly different than what you're asking, but it's another fascinating part of dreaming. Well, so you can control it to yeah. a certain degree, can you? Well, to a full degree. You can actually, it's called lucid dreaming. So wow. there's a lot to it, and we probably don't have time on, on the line now, but essentially I've, I've met lots of people who've done it. And what it is, is really like you become a director of your own movie. So when you're asleep, well, you're supposed to be asleep, but you're actually awake. You're controlling all the elements of the dream, who you bring in, who you kick out. But the problem is, in terms of, you can't do dream analysis on that because you've literally just imagined it as you went along. So there's no real process for the subconscious to take over in that regard. Isn't it absolutely fascinating altogether? Um, We said yesterday you were coming on, Robert, and we had a whole load of dreams uh, sent in to us for for analysis. Can I go through a few of them with you? Yeah, of course, absolutely, no problem. Um, One says, I always dream I'm late for work and I'm chasing my tail around the place. Mm -hmm. You know, this this goes into... I've always tried to tell people that there's, there's a very common set of dreams that you will find. And being late, from memory... I sense this is around the seventh or eighth most common dream. It borders a little bit on what you were saying with the snake situation. This is all about being under stress, under pressure, and it's actually a little bit different insofar as dreaming of, of something that you would find disturbing because dreaming of being late all the time, you will find that this caller is somebody who's probably a little bit hard on themselves, somebody who doesn't necessarily relax when they should, and more or less is letting other people's opinions on them maybe come out in the dream process. So the best thing to tell that caller would be to just, and I know it sounds simplistic, just to relax, don't let it all get on top of you. And if you do that, honestly, if, if the caller was to do that, even for a weekend, for example, that dream simply doesn't come back. But it's a very, very common dream, very common. Uh, one that I, I wouldn't have thought is all that common, and I was fascinated by it, it says, I sometimes dream I have a newborn baby or a baby pops up, but I have no recollection of how the baby got there and I have to look after it. Sometimes at the end, it turns into a doll. Turns into a doll. A doll, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's very common. This, this is, is it? Oh, very common. And well, there's, there's different aspects, but the same commonality exists where in that particular dream, you can be pretty certain the person is. is and by the way, Fran, when I'm online, and, and you'll understand this, there's certain parts of maybe a person's dream I won't go into too much in depth because a lot of these dreams can be personal and it tells a lot about the yeah. person. Although this is anonymous, we don't know who we're talking about. Mm. So the fact is, this person, whoever it is, if somebody wants to reinvent part of their life, they're not happy with where they are at this stage of their life, and they're just looking to see can they achieve a little bit more. The unfortunate part is when it turns into a doll, this again is the subconscious alerting the, the, the person to say, look, you're, not, you, you're thinking about changing your life, but you're not actually doing anything about it because you're just going to revert back to type. So again, it goes back to what I said about this empowering aspect of dreams. If the person must actually make a firm decision to change their life, to reinvent whatever part of their life they want for the better, 
that dream may remain in terms of the baby, but it certainly doesn't turn into a doll anymore. It's all about getting a second go at life and making sure you're happy with where you are. It's a really, as I said, an empowering dream and one that whoever the caller is should really take note of because it's quite important. Somebody else said to us, I always dream of people close to me dying and it terrifies me, but I'm wondering what it means. It doesn't really mean a huge amount. Well, first of all, it does not going to happen in the literal sense. It, it, you've got to get more into the minutiae of the dream and maybe get into the caller. A lot of times you'll have new mothers or new parents, for example, having that dream with their newborn baby dying. All it really is, Fran, without going into a big, long monologue, is that it's to show and demonstrate the love that they have for the people around them, particularly with the parents, the love for the, the child. And it's a little bit of anxiety coming through the dream, but it's not to be taken in the literal sense at all. Right, an interesting question from a listener here. Um, will you ask your speaker, do people with autism dream? Yes, of course, they, they would certainly have dreams. And you would find that people who have autism would have even more vivid and, and much more colourful and imaginative dreams and, and some of these dreams can be actually wild and wonderful um, again that gets into the whole aspect of the dreams and some parts of the dream process that we don't understand so the quick answer to that is yes that would be the case Alright, lots lots more uh, I have a dream where I get kidnapped or attacked uh, but I'm unable to scream for help I end up waking up screaming the next mm. morning stress and panic. If, if the person is, there's two faults. If the person is still in their working life, you'll find that there's lots of stuff happening at work that they feel they've been somewhat censored by. Maybe they have a bad boss. Maybe there's a few colleagues that they're not getting along with. And they're really not speaking their truth. If you have somebody, for example, who's retired, you'll find that these people are becoming a bit nostalgic looking back on their life and realising there was parts of their life that they could have changed if only they would have spoken up. So, again, even though it's a very empowering dream, Fran, it doesn't mean anything unless the person acts upon it. So particularly the person who's still in, in, a, in a working life, they need to reassess where they are, and particularly the people working around them. Uh, to a very long story short, I remember a very similar dream for a person who came to me in a very, very distressed state. Even when they woke or when they tried to explain the dream to me, they couldn't quite verbalise it. It transpired that they were working for a really, really, really nasty boss, and that's essentially what was happening. When they were going home at night, it was all coming back into their mind, and they just felt completely silenced by this person. But they got better anyhow. Some dreams are pleasant. One of our listeners said, I had a dream I was swimming in the sea and a load of whales came over. It was a pleasant experience and the most pleasant I ever had. We were all swimming together. Yeah, beautiful. And, and you'll find that that person in, in their part of their life right now or right then was in a very, very good place. This again, it's, it's, on one level, Fran, it sounds very simplistic, but it, it does really underpin everything I've said about the subconscious, which of course is the part of our mind, really giving us a, a guided tour as to where our lives are at the moment and the stuff that we need to repair. Like I said about the nightmares, the nightmare is really, if you can imagine somebody shouting at you to say, you've got to fix this, you've got to fix this. Whoever had that dream was definitely in a good part of their life. All right. I'm fascinated with some of this stuff. And listeners, says, a dream about bats hanging from the ceiling all over the house um, and particularly their faces. Now, they're not flying. They're just still, I can't get it out of my head. It was just awful. Yeah, it's, it's not a very pleasant dream in that regard. And when we dream of houses, by the way, particularly if it's a house we recognise, we go back to the paternal time when we were younger with our parents. There's most likely an aspect of that dream where, and again, this is okay because I don't know who the person is and you haven't given any names. You'll probably find, friend, that this person maybe didn't have the best of childhoods growing up in the particular house. And there's a lot of, I say, unresolved issues going on, particularly when they think about episodes in their younger life, particularly around the house. And the idea that bats just sitting silent would be very much representative of that. I know I'm probably repeating the point, but it is important, particularly if that caller is listening in. Try and fix that insofar as try and look back in that period of your life and see if there are any parts of it that you still maybe haven't worked out for yourself. If you do that, 
again, that dream will cease. All right. Uh, final one, if you would. Margaret says, um, I gave years dreaming I was outside of my granny's house. I knew she was dead, but she was inside the house and I just couldn't go in. I wouldn't go in. Yeah, and this probably is most likely touching on the aspect of... And by the way, Fran, I should say, before I answer that, if anybody wants to get any further clarity on this, of course, my website's available for that. But this would this would definitely dwell on the aspect of this caller taking their grandmother's death extremely bad and not necessarily wanting to pass the threshold of realising that their grandmother has moved on. That's all that means. And this is very common when it comes to people who have lost loved ones. It will happen in many, many different episodes where you'll dream of your loved one in different storylines all the time. But the common theme throughout is you miss this person terribly. That's all it comes back to. All right, just another, if you would. Brian was on to us and he says, as a young child I had a recurring dream almost every night. It was an absolutely flat, calm, immense ocean. A ripple would rise on the horizon and slowly move towards me. The nearer it got, the more terrifying it got. And just as it reached me, I would wake up. It was horrific. Uh, It did stop, but it still frightens me to think of it to this day, just in case it returns. Well, as we said, Fran, it won't return if he commands his subconscious, but it could very well return in the sense that if he hasn't dealt with some of the, and again, we've been mindful of where I phrased this, if he hasn't dealt with some of the issues perhaps that was going on in his younger life, there's always an episode that could recur like that. Um, I would say to the caller, definitely look back at that period of your life and see what little, it could have been even a school trauma, it could have been something happening in the school. Stuff that would have happened in his life that he couldn't quite control and he was unhappy with, and this almost seemed like it was coming upon him and he'd no control over it. And I think that's the best way of answering it. I wanted to leave time to ask you about another aspect of what you do, Robert, which is mind reading. Um, yes. Is, is that a trick or is that something that you can genuinely do? It's a fantastic question, Fran. And, and in many regards, well, first of all, I, I would do a lot of shows. I've done a lot of shows all over the world, in fact. And, of course, for a show, think of the word, it is a show... Some of it will be for entertainment purposes, but a lot of it I genuinely can do because I don't want to sound like I'm an elitist or I'm better than anybody else because, of course, I'm not. But we all have ESP. We all have extrasensory perception. I just happen to have it all my life, and I've used it all my life. There is some situations where you have to perhaps use some some of the tools at your disposal to get the answer from the person, but I've been shown over many, many times over the years where I can just literally go meet a person and then tell them a little bit what they're thinking. I don't believe, Fran, in essence, you can read somebody's mind in entirety because we have thousands of thoughts a day. That's just mm. not possible. But in a, in a given set of circumstances, you could certainly get a person to think of a thought or a name, and there's no way in the world that I don't feel I could fail at that if I had the right situation. So, yeah, I, a lot of it is very much real, but if we all had this, and then in a show context, well, of course, you have to have use some of the skills you have to make it happen. Yeah, and what do you use then? Is it the subtleties of body language? Or subtleties exactly. of, is, is that what it is? Yeah. And conditioning and perhaps using a certain sentence to invoke a certain reply, stuff like that. Can, but again, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, excuse the language, ballsy approach because you yeah. don't really have anything to fall back on. But it's like everything, Fran. The more you do it and the more years you have behind you, it becomes a lot easier to do. But uh, you've touched on a really good point. We do all of ESP. We all have that intuition. Some people decide to use it, some, just like the dream. Some people decide to dismiss it. But it doesn't negate the fact that we're all born with it. It just depends on how we use it. Yeah, it scared the wits out of me recently. Uh, just last week, in fact, I, I was thinking about somebody I hadn't met mm-hmm. in four or five years, and she rang later that afternoon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really, really strange, you know. Well, well it's, it's, it's literally thought transfers. And again, like, cause we live in the modern age, and we have all the electricity, and we I want to say, sorry, all the electronics around us. It's very, very different. If you go back on some of the old books and the turn of the 19th century and so on, you will find this form of telepathy very, very very much a commonplace. Um, we don't have time now, but I could give you many stories that have been recorded where this stuff where you're saying has actually come to pass. And again, it's not to be afraid of, Fran. It's just something that's just part of us. We're born with it. It's 
people call it a sixth sense, but then you start getting into the supernatural world. It becomes dangerous, I feel. You should just look upon it as an additional sense that we have, because that's all it is. Fascinating. If people want to make contact with you or find out more about what you do, Robert. Thanks, Fran. So I can be found on robertwilliamsmentalist.com. That's robertwilliamsmentalist.com. And even if a dream that perhaps somebody sent in that I haven't elaborated on for obvious reasons, mm. send that over and I'll do my best to reply. All right, you're very good. Great to talk to you today, Robert. Thank Thanks, you. Good Thank morning you very to much. you. Bye-bye to you. Now. Robert Williams uh, speaking to us there. Robert, mind reader, mentalist, and indeed dream uh, analyzer as well. All right, we'll take a break. Back in a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie